Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning and welcome to the Outdoor Line. Streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com and of course the venerable the OutdoorLine.com with blogs, videos, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Welcome to opening weekend. The the weekend that we've all circled on our calendars and just, you know, we, we look forward to this every single year. We didn't look forward to 80 degrees and open a weekend, but that's what we got, man. I got my SPF 30 sunscreen on. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go duck hunting today. It's going to be a, a hot and dusty one out there. Hot is relative, but, you know, we're still waiting for, for water here in the northwest. So as we talked about last weekend, it's going to be an early morning show in the duck blind this morning. Uh, if you're out deer hunting right now, it's going to be the same thing. You better have gotten up early and, and got your rear end up on top of that ridge and, and hopefully been glassing, uh, you know, or at least in your glassing position uh, early, waiting for sunup in, in the dark. Uh, if you're yeah. not, it's going to be a long day. The other thing, the early morning, we've had fog, which oh. sucks for duck hunting. Yeah. So, you know, it's been a lot of foggy days in a row, so um, you got to contend with that, too. Yeah, one of the most difficult openers we've had in a while, but it is what it is, and, and I know a bunch of folks will get out there, and, and we'll see reports coming in here oh, shortly. Yeah. At least we're um, hunting. Especially you know? the teal. There's there's usually a bunch of teal around early season and, and some local birds and stuff, and we mentioned it last weekend, too. Uh, the bay fronts are going to have local birds on them. Uh, anywhere in eastern Washington with, you know, big, big bodies of water, like potholes or Moses Lake and stuff like that are going to have, have birds on them, Columbia River. Uh, but, man, everything else is going to be rough. Uh, it's going to be rough. So, you know, either uh, do what we're doing and just not go duck hunting this weekend, or <laughs> or if you are, uh, you know, we're going to have some tips for you coming up here shortly on how you might get it done. I like Joey's idea of bringing a kiddie pool with you, so you just kind of wade, you know, and <laughs> yeah. bring your own. Bring, take take yeah. your water with you. E-W-O-W. That's going to be what happens. That This is... What's going on this season? Take your water with you. We're going to be packing water into the mountains because yeah. there's no water up there. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're duck hunting, you better take a, take a big blue tarp or something. I got buddies. Uh, I've hunted with these guys back in Kansas before. And now you might have met them. I, they, they came on a duck hunt out here to to, uh, to potholes with us one time. But uh, these guys are pieces of work. I mean, they're classic characters. So they would take these big blue tarps and cut them up like a pond, and then go Aww. set them out in the field. And make- Water. Oh, yeah, yeah, just hilarious. And it would work. They'd get it some would. birds. No, it would. You know? yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm not <laughs> saying to go ducks, do that, but... You know. ducks, ducks have small brains. They do. Oh. Them. Hey, classic. look, water. Yeah. No, let's yeah. go down. <laughs> Check that out. <laughs> then you roll up your decoys and the ducks in the same tarp, throw yeah. it on your shoulder, and get there back you to your rig. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Along those lines, um, we still got extreme low water out on the coast. The rivers are all still closed Ew. out there. Still got... You know, some coho fishing up in Skagit, but uh, that's getting tough, too. Need some water up there. Uh, really, I mean, their uh, buddies are texting me constantly, like, yeah. hey, because I got it up there for years. Like, you remember when it got really low? What, what were you doing, you know? And, I mean, everybody just pulling all the stops up there. Danny Stonedall and, and the guys that guide up there, man, they're, they're getting them, but but they're working for them. And they're, they're having to downsize. Yeah. Go small. Yep. So, uh, need some water. In the meantime, Boy. though... Um, 
Boy, folks are already looking forward to next summer salmon mm, season bet, up on the North Coast. That's why we got Lisa Killick coming on from Peregrine Lodge. Tom, you've got your Father's Day trip coming up next year, and it is filling up fast. So folks need to get on the horn here and get with Lisa. That's why she's going to jump on at 625. That's a fun trip Do to they, one of the most epic places on the West Coast well, for salmon. And things have bounced back up there. And folks that kind of remember when when Lisa was working with West Coast on, on the west side, boy, just really steep and rough water out there, but 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 amazing scenery. Peregrine Lodge is much calmer water. The boats are better. And Matthew and I had just a wonderful weekend up there with our dear friend Larry Carpenter. And, and man, in, in August and September, they had some toads come in there. They got a 54, mm-hmm. a 58, and a 60. The fish came the in lodge. late. Oh, my god. Yeah, goodness, they came in dude. late up there. Same with southeast Alaska, so, that north coast. And, but- and we, we were mooching and could not keep the halibut off. Oh, I know. Matthew yeah. Matthew led the lodge at the time mm-hmm. the day we went up there with a 57-pounder, 57-pound halibut on mooching gear, dude. <laughs> we awesome. all thought it was a king. It well, was when you first down, hook so, him, it's oh, like, yeah. cool, yeah. But, you don't know uh, what you had. She's coming on at 625, 7 o'clock. We're hoping to bat 500 with Mark Boardman here from Vortex. <laughs> Mark slept in last weekend, right. but he promised yeah. this morning he's going to get you know get his rear end up and, out and of bed Mark, and get Mark on the horn is, with us. Mark is the nicest guy. He, he called, is. and he's yeah. like, Oh my God! He was I'm devastated. So sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he called every one he of did. us. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard from him last weekend. But seven o'clock here, just a little bit. He's going to come on, and and again, he grew up here in, in in Washington, and he's done a ton of hunting here, and now he's the head screw off in charge over at Vortex Optics. Just has the most epic job of all time over there, getting to getting to screw off for a living, basically, kind of like what we do. But uh, we love the guy, and he's going to come on and talk about maybe some glassing tips, you know, for this weekend and and the next couple of weekends going through deer season, and some some things you might be able to do either with vortex optics or just uh hunting technique in general to maybe put, well, put your tag on, a, on an animal here we, we mentioned this last weekend this is going to be the weekend you need to sit on your you know what and get on your glass and and, and just stay there because every step you take in the woods this weekend is going to be snap crackle pop rice krispies oh it's going to be and rough half yeah. Yeah. yeah eastern washington they got this little bush called it they're they're wild sunflowers you, you know, Tom, yes. we've been in them. Yeah, they the deer, are terrible. The, the deer alarms. Oh, yeah. man, you cannot take one step without walking on a you know bag of potato chips. 725, David Dietrich, Adventure Angling, checking in from the South Sound. Mr. Roping. Positivity, dude. Oh, oh man. It's, it's the best fishing I've ever seen in my life. It is, too. I've I heard mean, from somebody else yeah. down there, too. That I guess the silvers are coming in down there, and he's just catching the heck out of the cutthroat trout. Some so he's going to come on seven, some big ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's all excited, and, and I don't blame him. 725, uh, David Dietrich, our good buddy from the South Sound, has been fly fishing for cutties and coos down there and, and having a ball. And so. he says he's casting into the shallowest water of the year, gentle floods that are keeping a lot of water in Puget Sound all day and just, just hammering on them. So so um, as we talked about last week, uh, got out to got out to Westport and got some tuna and haven't really eaten tuna because – Tuna fishing's really been tough last couple of years, and Joey, you didn't, I, you didn't, you and I didn't get to go out and do it last year. I just made that one trip this year, and then once you get that stuff home, dude, it. I did what you told me, how you taught me how to use my pellet grill, and took four of those tuna bellies, put Robbo's rub on them, smoked them for an hour and a half, covered them in foil, pulled them back off, cranked that thing back up to three fifty, just so you could hear it crackling in there. Dude, they're amazing. Oh, it's, it's like the best food on the planet. Those, those tuna, tuna bellies, bellies are crazy. Are stupid. And, and, and thank you for you, for giving me a couple of those. I had them a couple nights ago. Your and daughters honestly, took them off your plate. I went to go grab something for Ava, and Emma snuck around the table and you know scarfed down half of my tuna belly there while I was like gone. A little, but little coyote. Oh man, yeah, but uh, really good. We just soaked it in uh, teriyaki. I, I kind of just uh, marinated it for a couple hours, Perfect. threw it on a barbecue. Oh my goodness, just just so good. You know, and that's still going too off the coast. The tuna. 
but it's still cranking insane. out there. You know, the tuna belly thing, it, obviously I love to eat them, but it kind of bums me out because I used to be able to buy tuna bellies, uh, thousands of pounds of them to sell to people for fishing bait, and now people love these tuna bellies. I can't get them anymore. Like They're, it's one of the product. It's like mm-hmm. one of the only things I can't find. The only thing I can liken it to from a taste aspect is is almost a sweeter version of a white king salmon mm-hmm. belly. Like you get a prime white king, yeah, and that's kind of what it tastes like. But for for a long time, I, I used to just cook the whole belly, the whole width of it. But there's that hard center line that goes down it, which is just waste anyway. So I mean, that's I'm, halibut bait right that there. That is halibut bait. bait. That's exactly right. I if, made halibut bait out of all those. The next time you're in Westport, swing by Marino's, yeah, and uh, they've got canned uh, habanero smoked tuna belly. Oh my! It's the goodness. most ridiculous thing you've ever put well, in your they, mouth. They I also you have that. remember those o- smoked oysters I brought back. From <sighs> those Marino's? are good too. Oh my! Yeah. We so you take yeah. that t- smoked tuna belly or the habanero tuna belly, mix it with a little mayo, and get your tor- tor- uh, tortilla chips out. Oh. Over the top, so so to do Westport right, you have to do that. Then you got to swing by Brady's on the left and get your oysters on your way out of town. Mm-hmm. Then go by Bay City Sausage and get a sausage and, and on just a get stick. Sausage on a stick, dude. <laughs> Tobek and I got two of those each on the way out of town. They're just that's a mandatory. That's like the kid test bacon on a stick program oh, at the Shell yes, Station too. Yeah. Uh, I just had bacon Is on a crazy? stick. Crazy, yeah. I well because I went over and did that fishing with Austin. Oh, that's right. So I swung in, yeah, and. I got I, I left late, so it was like five thirty over there. Yeah, was there a line of truckers yeah, in there getting their bacon on a stick? <laughs> there's a line. Healthy, healthy truckers lined yeah. up out Dude. the door, and there were only two but, bacon on a stick left. Mm-hmm. And and you the guy him. behind, I, the, they look at me and they go <laughs> one, I, and no. I was like two, and then one. the guy oh. behind me goes, oh, oh that's, and I go, I was like, oh, I go, no, I'll just take one, just and go. I let the guy listen. Get one. If you're going through Kittitas, oh, it's the you. Shell Station right there. We just, shouldn't be letting this little no, cat out of the bag. But Kevin Gogan lives right there, and, and you just take he, one look at him. The guy yeah. obviously eats, eats you bacon know, on a 24-7, stick. So, and he's the one that discovered yeah, this little bacon so, on a stick program. So I was, I was heading over to Montana last year, and, and Gogs goes, hey, we're, we're you know, meet me at Kittitas. I go, what are, you, what are you talking about? He goes, it's the first exit out of Ellensburg. Just stopping to meet you there and come hungry. I go, oh, no. It's come one hungry. of these hot, box, hot boxes about, deals. Don't worry. Right? We're one, coming hungry. So, one thing about outdoorsmen, oh, yeah. people are jotting this down right now. <laughs> yeah, we're all in the same boat so, here, you know. So these. The, <laughs> strips of bacon they're like a foot long it's like and a they're steak three eighths of an inch deep mm-hmm. i mean you want to talk about extra thick thick bacon i got two they, of them oh it was lunch gosh yeah. dude they're just amazing and yeah. they have like a little bit of brown sugar yeah, there's on something them. on the outside good. of them oh. yeah ridiculous yeah, like, they're glazed with some kind of glaze program there and yeah get yeah, a test so. bacon sticks we're gonna oh, yeah. we're gonna call that gas station that's for can royalties we a, can we get a bank Bacon on a stick sponsorship. <laughs> we might have just done that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. What's your blood type? <laughs> yeah. Thick slice bacon. All right. We're going to pop out here for a quick break. So, Liz, you may want to skip on the thick slice bacon if you want to chase Rob Ensley and Joey Pyburn up the hill on a challenging hunt like you guys go on, on a remote pack-in hunt. There's four aspects to this you really got to think about. I'm going to tell you in 90 seconds right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Happy opening weekend of waterfowl and big game to everybody out there. Joe Pyburn, Rob Ensley, I'm Tom Nelson, Matt Nelson running the board for us this morning. Uh, so I was asked a question the other day when, when you popped your bear and, and Robbo, you you know got that got that caribou. Why don't you go? Why don't you just go up with Joey and, and go do those bear hunts? It's like, dude. 
I'm not physically capable of doing what you do with the micro spikes and going up vertical hillsides and stuff like that. Anytime you're considering a backcountry hunt, man, you, there's a lot to consider, Rob Insley. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you're going to be sleeping on the ground. I mean, just just the sheer comfort of it all, you, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, from hiking in to exactly. sleeping on the ground to eating freeze-dried meals to maybe not even eating anything. And very little water. You know, we've been grumbling about this water situation, you know, the last couple of weekends where we're going right now, there's no water. So we're packing water in with us. And where we hunt in eastern Washington, there's no water in there unless you want to get it out of this dingy cesspool where the <laughs> cattle and deer and everything else are flopping around in there. Get your you dose gotta, of epizootic hemorrhagic so disease. So I'm talking, or... you know, you got to plan out. you got to kind of know, okay, how much water am I going to consume each day? How much do I need for a little bit of coffee in the morning? Because, you, you know, we get up early and make a little coffee. That's kind of the best part yeah. of the day. I can hear mm-hmm. Joe's little he, he fires his little stove off over there and Dude, that is not an option gotta that have is, some coffee yes. so all these little things you know add up to getting you going up yeah. up on this on these backcountry hunts but you but you got to know what you're getting into it's the most it's the most wonderful experience you'll ever have especially on these general hunts even the high hunt even if you don't get anything just being in the mountains but you got to know what you're getting into how how do you get there though how do these guys how do how does a new hunter get to that point to where they're comfortable being uncomfortable on a hunt. You got to do it. I, I think you just have to do it, and mm-hmm. you do it on a, on a small scale. Start yeah. maybe um, truck hunting, and then do an uh, overnight excursion in. Go in a couple miles. Run your program. Yeah, see, just sleep one see night. See if you have everything, yeah, right? Like, I agree. Oh, Trust me, you're going you're gonna to realize you get in there, and you're like, oh, you're, shoot. I don't have – Yes. I forgot that. But if you're only a couple miles in, it's not that far to go back out to your truck – that's training wheels for a mm-hmm. backcountry hunt because then you start extending your range yeah. and you start getting further away from the truck and you sp- start spending three to five days out there. And that's when you really see the benefits of a backcountry hunt. The longer you can stay and be back there, mm-hmm. the better opportunity you have of killing a mature animal. And you'd be surprised how little you need. You know, I used to bring, oh God, I need like two, three changes of clothes. You know, mm-hmm. no, no, like one pair of socks. Pair of underwear, and that's it. And yeah. you, what you're wearing is what you're wearing for the next three, four days in there, and that's it, man. You're sleeping in your hunting clothes. You're eating your breakfast in them. You're laying around in the dirt in them. And, it, and you're it, a listen, dirt bag for it, three, four it, days, and it's, it's fine. Well, look, it, it doesn't really matter. You, you have you have one pair and of it's socks. Fine. You yeah. have one pair of socks. You're gonna put clean socks on your no. dirty feet and oh, shove God, them in no, your dirty no. boots. No, it's it doesn't do anything, no. right? It's a mental thing at that point. You don't need another pair of socks, and you don't need another pair of underwear. You're going to be a filthy animal. You're living in the woods. Mm-hmm. When you're done and you get out, you can clean up and put on and reassimilate back into yes. society again. But <laughs> yeah. into polite and, and you into don't polite need, hygiene society. You yes. don't need a lot of food either. I mean, we eat a little breakfast in the morning, yeah. and then we survive on you know like mixed nuts and maybe some dried fruits and beef jerky, jerky. all day, right. and that's it. Jerky, bunch of protein in there. Dinner um, is your most important meal. Yep. When you're done a hard day of hunting in the backcountry, you need a, a good substantial dinner, yeah. and there's so many options now. There's so and many. Pinnacle and yeah. you name it, all of them are good. Even Mountain House, they have they have good meals. Um, just get something that you know you're gonna like. I I've been in the backcountry with guys, and they pull out a meal and they make it, and then they're just like, oh yeah, I try it out at home, test it out at home. I'm like I'm like, well, 
I'll, I'll eat it. I'll yeah. eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it on the ground first, and then I'll, I'll eat yeah. it. But, but no, Peak Refuel, I mean, they make some, some great stuff. It's yeah. so good. Uh, we were hanging out with a sheep guide up in Alaska. You know, we had went and had drinks with him and, and had some dinner one night up there. And he's like, man, I love this time of year because I get to eat Mountain House. Like, what is the matter with you? Wow. You know? I mean, this the, and the sheep, those sheep guides up there are oh, the toughest nuts. human oh, beings yeah. on the planet. Dude. Uh, but you kind of you got to get used to that stuff and see what it does to your system too. You you might not fare yeah. well on yes. some of them. Some of them you might do well with. Some of them you might not. Tons of sodium in some of them. You know you just got to got to read the labels and maybe test them out at home. But that's what you're dealing with. And then you got to pack in your optics yep. and your rifle and all that stuff too. And then you have to be prepared to pack an animal out. And you have to be mentally prepared for that. And you have to have room in your pack. You got to think okay. Well, you get got, an animal pack down. has to expand. It has to expand. It's got to be. I, I see these guys buying these thirty five hundred cubic inch packs. It's not going to work. Yeah. You need at least five thousand fifty five hundred. That's the minimum. And we're running. I'm running on a seven thousand now. Sixty five hundred. Joe, you got like a seven thousand or something. And I'm buying, my next pack's going to be probably seventy two hundred. So and, they expand. And, and guys, I talk to guys all the time who buy these small packs. And that's fine. Look, if you're only going in for a day or you're day hunting, that pack is going to be suitable for what you're doing. But if you're going to spend even a couple of days in the mountains, you got a lot of stuff that you got to pack up there, especially for these late October hunts where you could encounter horrible weather, where you're just stuck mm-hmm. in your tent. You, you want to be, be comfortable. You got to be, you got to stay warm. You don't have a heater or a big, you can't make a fire, you know, you, you're stuck well, on the side that, of a that mountain. caribou hunt, we were putting toe warmers on our feet. It was so yeah, cold at night. Yeah. Well, I mean, our feet were just frozen. You can't sleep when your right. feet, I mean, it just like, like numb, and you the, know. The, these new packs, you know, these fancy new packs and Stone Glacier has them. And I run an XO. Mm-hmm. Uh, XO now is coming out. They're, they're up to a 7,200. Yeah. That's that, that has some space. You can fit your whole camp, all your hunting gear. And if you want you're man enough, you can shove a whole deer in that pack and get it off the mountain in one trip. That's going to be a 150-pound pack. Don't recommend doing that. Yeah. No, don't recommend I, I, doing I can't, that. I can't do that. Yeah. Um, that's too much weight for my, my frame. But trust me, there's dudes out there oh, that yeah. put 150 pounds on their back yeah. and stomp off the mountain. Mm-hmm. I, I one tripped a mule deer off the mountain one time, and there's still stories lingering around about that deal. I, mean, I think some I think, some, I think some I, women came I, along I, on horses I, and found me laying, laying on a road, think, yeah. I think covered in weeds, yeah, you, and like, you, you like, look, a, you like I need a, help, like a turtle on its back. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to flip me over. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to be ready. Your pack's going to be 40 to 50 pounds. And then you got to figure out how to, okay, how am I going to get my camp and this deer out of the mountains? It's going to probably be two trips, and you got to be ready for that. So that's why maybe it's only a mile or two the first year. It could be four miles, you know, whatever that is. But you got to kind of ease into it. And maybe just stay in there one night the first yeah. year, and then it could be two, three, four nights after that. I mean, but, experience is the only teacher, though. You're going to learn things from those those, those short hunts. And, and but, like Robbo said, it's uh, perfect. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And because you spend most even if you're sitting glassing, you have a little pad. You know, I have the mm-hmm. stealthy pad I yep. sit on. I got one too. But trust me, if you sit on your butt on rocks on that little pad mm-hmm. for five, six, seven hours, it's uncomfortable. I always find a rock that looks like like the back of a little recliner, yeah. and then I dig out a little deal in there to sit in, and I put my pad in there, and, I, and I've, I've got my stealthy pad, which is a nice little pad. A little small, though, or I just take one of those, um, uh, what are they, the egg 
the eggshell sleeping eggshell, pads and you cut pads. those down yep. to a, a, a suitable size. Take about you can four squares of that off, yep. fold it up, goes on my pack. And that's a great little thing to sit on, especially if there's snow. You can sit on that and it gives you a little insulation between you and the snow. But uh, some, some things to think about. But I'm telling you what, if you want to go through all this stuff, it's worth it. You're going to be back in there where these animals just don't see people. They react differently or they don't react at all. You know, they don't, half the time they don't even know what you are when they see you. And uh, you're just going to get back in there where there, there's a lot more well, animals, a lot more mature animals. And, and you're going to experience cool stuff. With with every change in the light level, every change every around every corner is going to be something new, something you don't expect, something you you couldn't have imagined, and and that's that's a cool thing about spending those long days up on the mountain, or you know, or even not you know out on the water, you see things. The longer you spend, you know, it's just, it's the same thing. The the more time you spend in the habitat, the more wonderful experiences and, and, you're going to have. And learning to be, a, you know, self sufficient in the mountains to where you can, you don't have to. Go out to your truck every night. You get to stay back there. Now you can, okay, there's no animals in this basin. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm living off my back like a homeless person. Move. I yeah. move. Yeah. I move. I yeah. go to the next basin. Maybe yep. it's four miles away, but mm-hmm. I, hey, I get to go to that basin and hang out there. Whole new environment, new stuff to look at, exciting. You spend a day or two there, nothing there. Go. Eventually, I've ended up before where I'm like 16, 18 miles in, you know? And then it gets a little sketchy when you kill something. Now you're packing for four days to get mm-hmm, out of there mm-hmm. but how cool is it to be able to just keep on going and you know five days in you find yourself 18 miles and into these, the some of the basins you're in are just oh they're just epic well yeah. and then oh and then man. when you are successful the meal you really relish is those fresh backstraps that on a night stick. cooked on a, on a stick, stick and yeah. we always bring a little seasoning yeah. Yeah. that new one is that montreal i think it's uh, maple uh, maple montreal see oh we bring a little a ziploc full of that mm-hmm. and, and then you got to find a little piece of granite with a little flat top that's your that's your okay. little surface right. you're going to cut on and stuff and then joe's good at carving up the sticks we've got our little jobs in there i cut up the deal and he cooks everything on the fire and oh man is really good. Best is a, meal of the year. Is yeah. there room Always. in the pack for a little flask? Well, that's what, you know, that's what you're going to be with that. Now, Tom's pack is going to be probably <laughs> a box of wine, some really good box wine, a fifth of whiskey, maybe a 30-pack of some, beer. Some smoked tuna belly. There some you go. smoked salmon. Yeah, you're, you're not going to smell like the backcountry. No. You know, and then some smoked salmon and probably some more smoked salmon. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. more of my speed is a trip to Peregrine Lodge, okay? Yeah. That's yeah. one of the things that I look forward to all year long and, and uh, you know, after, after running my boat up uh you know for over a month up in sitka take to let somebody else run the boat on a different fishery where you have the chance where every bite could be your biggest king salmon in your life that's peregrine lodge lisa killick joining us next tell us all about it in the father's day trip 20 the, the uh, 20 2023 now holy smokes the 18th through the 21st of june next year lisa killick peregrine lodge joining us next here in the outdoor line seattle sports station 710 and the seattle sports app Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Anytime there's a helicopter ride involved and the Queen Charlotte's now known as the Haida Gwaii, how can you not be interested? We've, we've been doing this listener trip now, I want to say seven years now, and every year it's, 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 it's an experience you really can't describe but here to tell us all about it is peregrinelodges.com, very own Lisa Killick. Good morning, Lisa. How are Good you? Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? We are doing great. Well, you, some of the reports I heard from the lodge last year were, I mean, you guys got a couple in the 50s. Did I, did I hear something even bigger than that on the Chinook side? 
We did. We ended up with a 64. It was a catch and release, but lots and lots of pictures, and it is a massive. Wow. Um, obviously, the pictures never do a fish justice, but you can see it's girth. It is It is a big boy. Well, you guys take do you, you take length and girth on that and, and get a measurement on them? Is that how you're doing it? I, I really love the fact that a lot of the Canadian lodges yeah. are doing that. It's super cool, Lisa. Absolutely. That's exactly what we do. And, um, you know, any anything over 30 you know, they definitely take it. A lot of guys don't want to keep them. They want to send them back to, to Mother Nature. However, should it be bleeding or, you know, you got those big uh, sea otters around, we, we, we tend to keep them then. But um, we definitely love to catch and release. And that's exactly how they take the measurements. So, so it's pretty exciting. And, and the opportunity to learn. These guys you have working for you, they've, they've worked at different lodges from, from Langara to the mainland and everything. They are masters of the art. They're, they're, they're fully practicing mortar moochers. These kind guys, of the best of the best. Oh, my goodness. I have learned so many dirty tricks from these guys that, that, have, that have worked for me on so, different, so many different levels. I mean, this is what these guys do. It's their stock and trade. It's their job, and they're really good at it, Lisa. How do you find these guys? They are. They are. And, and, you know, the best thing is, is they've learned from generations. And these tricks and trades have been passed down through generations. You know, I, I look at my father, too, whom I learned for. The, you know, he's got the toothpick that he likes to put in, you know, his cut plug. There's just so many different things that you can learn and these guides have to offer. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing fishery. It's, it truly is. It's one of the cool things about fishing. You you. you you think you may know everything and then you bump into some salty old timer and you're like, what is that? You know, and there, there's this, so all these little tricks. Nelly comes back from fishing up there and he's got all this cool new stuff that we get to play with on the boat. And I was like, wow, I've never seen that, you know. But it so, works. Oh, it works. And, and it's just Deadly. another tool in your box that's that's fascinating. I, I love the big herring that you guys spin up there. The big purple label, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's like purple. a flasher built right into your yeah. bait and... uh we don't do that in Southeast Alaska, and I think it would work well. But man, you guys rope those big kings on those those huge herring, motor mooching up and down the kelp, don't you? Absolutely, that's that's the key. You know, um, we did the same thing. No no riggers, no nothing, and I caught my fifty four. Mm-hmm. You know, not not oh. this year, but the year before. Um, you know, and it was basically you're you're looking at twelve pulls right out the back, and just boom, <laughs> it hit, it slammed. <laughs> So um, just just a real exciting fishery. You know, I know that it was a little hard in June, July. We had some some definitely a little tougher fishing. But you know what, guys? It's it's called fishing, not catching. And there's there's mm-hmm. reasons why we have different times of the year and, and fish move. And, and sometimes they're late. And, you know, our August fishery was banging. It was so good. You know, that's where that 64 came in. It just seemed to be a little bit later. And... You know, I always love it, you know, as, as a person who does sales and, and fishing and loves to fish herself, is born and raised on the water, to hear guys call and say, well, I only want this date. I, I giggled to myself yeah. because yeah. there is no prime time date <laughs> no. when it comes to fishing. Uh-uh. You know. Every year is so, so different. I know. It's so different. And, and it depends. It tends four years ago what happened with, you know, our weather system and floods and you know, Mother Nature, is, she's she's a woman. 
<laughs> She's unpredictable? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> and fickle? Hey, real quickly, so what what can folks expect on this trip? Take them from, you know, from the airport in Vancouver, uh, B.C., up to the lodge and back. Tell them, tell them what they, they might expect here on this trip. Yeah, guys. So once you get into Vancouver, we have, you know, obviously one of our representatives waiting for you. You're going to get on a private jet, a nice big plane. You're all going to get your own seat. You're going to get snacks on the way up. It's a nice jet. It's about an hour and 45 minutes to land. We land in Masset, which is at the very top of British Columbia on its own island. Once you're there, we separate you into a couple groups. We board a 76 Swartzky helicopter, fly you in about 12 minutes into the lodge. Beautiful ride if you've never done a helicopter. This is your chance to get all of it. Private jet, helicopter, spoil you rotten. Once you arrive at the lodge, we have a dinner, so you don't fish that first day, which is actually nice. You get a chance to to see the lodge, you know, get accommodated with all your fishing gear, your rain gear, see what boat you're going to be on the next day, have a nice hot meal. (laughs) Exactly. Meet the bartenders. And while you're in the lodge, the alcohol is included, you know, I mean, your beer and your, your regular vodka and stuff, that's all included in your trip. Um, you know, once you're on the water, if you want to take some beers, you definitely, that's an extra cost. But everything else at the lodge is included. Your snacks, your meals. And I'm telling you, our baker, well, oh. you're, you're, you're not, you're not yeah. going home hungry, put no. it that way. It's, he's amazing. You know, he even does a donut day. So, <laughs> you know, the next morning you're up, you're ready. We have breakfast ready for you. All your sandwiches and thermoses are filled up and ready to go. You just have to grab your stuff, head out to the boat. And start fishing with your guides. It's so such, it, it's, such a you know, short it's a run. good program. It is, and you do fish on that last day as well, till about one thirty in the afternoon. So you, on that last day, you do get eight and a half hours. So it's a good fish that last day. So if your box needs to be tidied up and you need a couple more things, you get out there that day and you get them. And three, so, three, you know, three solid days of fishing over halibut, uh, incredible link cod limits, and then, of course, the salmon fishing up there. I mean, it's it's like Mecca for salmon, but you're only gone like four days or yeah, something. You just pack it all in and kind of OD on the on the saltwater fishing up there in northern BC. Uh, just an incredible experience. And then you're back to Vancouver that last afternoon, and off you go. And they lifted the COVID restrictions, I think, on the border, didn't they, mm-hmm. didn't they Lisa? They sure did. So yeah. no more. Thank goodness for yeah. everybody. Yeah, There's no, no more. Whether you have, you know, the shot or no shot, let's get you over. Mm-hmm. Let's get you back to Canada and uh, get you back out fishing. Pretty exciting. Lisa Killick of uh, PeregrineLodge.com joining us this morning. And we're talking about the Outdoor Line listener trip. I want to say it's like our seventh, Lisa. Could be our eighth even. The 18th through the 21st of June next year. It's Father's Day weekend. And having worked with you for a while and haven't seen the west side of the island which is amazing, amazingly picturesque but the water's much rougher the the, the location of peregrine lodge is in um help me out nasset harbor is that naden, naden, naden harbor. excuse me naden naden, naden harbor That's okay. so so it's yeah. it's super protected from those prevailing southerlies that time of year and and there's also a gradual slope up of Dixon entrance where all these big kings 
hit the kelp and hit the rocks just outside the lodge. It's amazing. You don't have to go far. You catch your halibut and chinook at the same time. It, it, it's simply an amazing experience, and I hope you can come join us. Lisa, I can't thank you for joining us, uh, and, and please keep in touch. I know that uh, come come boat show season, we're, we're, we're going to be kind of tight on space, especially for this listener trip. How do people get a hold of you and take advantage of, of your of your early bird pricing for the Father's Day listener trip adventure next June? Sure, I can definitely reach at 604-345-6542. Um, or, you know, send me a quick email. It's lisa at paraganlodge.com. And I'd be more than happy to explain, you know, everything that we do up there and the exciting times you will definitely have. It's a wonderful fishery and a beautiful facility. You know, there's no regrets there. One of my favorite. So I uh, hope to hear from you. One of my favorite trips of the year. And everything everything is better than than, than, than West Coast. The, the lodge is bigger. The boats are better. The, the fishing is better, too. Lisa, thank you for yeah. your time. And I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care, guys. And remember, keep your tip up. All right. See you, Lisa. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate that. All right. (laughs) Coming up, Raymarine Picks of the Week for opening day here. August, excuse me, October 15th right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Raymarine Electronics. Don't just go fishing. Go hunting underwater. Raymarine, simply superior. Question I get all the time is where do I start if I want a Raymarine unit? I would suggest the all new Element HV. Knowledge is power, and the Element Chirp Sonar GPS series of Raymarine gives you the upper hand when hunting for fish and their habitat. Check it out and more at Raymarine.com. Opening day of hunting season today. Waterfowlers hit the field today, and deer hunters are out in the woods yeah. right now, creeping around, uh, trying to trying to. Get on a deer here. It's like oh, we're going to start but seeing some some critters. I've been watching my phone. Yeah, so not, nothing I've been, yet. But. I've been trying not to because it's going to hurt. <laughs> but again, we've been talking about the conditions, not the best of conditions, but that's just fine. Uh, we just roll with the cards that were dealt and. Uh, and some things you can do. Hey, you got to be out there early, whether you're waterfowl hunting or deer hunting here this weekend. Got to be there early, and you got to be there right late in the afternoon, right when it happens that last hour. Or so get set up and uh, and get going. The bay fronts are going to be where all the all the ducks are right now, at least on the west side. Anywhere there's big bodies of water, uh, you know, you're going to have your teal and some of your local birds on the east side. Again, big bodies of water where you're going to find the birds. And look, it's hunting season, so that's going to take a lot of guys off the rivers, the local rivers, from fishing, and they're going to be hunting. So yeah. it's Go a good time door. to be. Yeah. yeah, it's a good time to be out there fishing because you're you're going to have a little less pressure. A lot of us guys are not going to be out there fishing. We're going to be on the mountain or sitting in a duck blind. So like on the Skagit, where it's been, it's just been hammered. A lot of guys. It's the only thing going right now up mm-hmm. here. There might be a few less jet boats running around. Well, and that river is full of coho, but here's the deal. When it gets really low like that, one jet runs over them, and they're yeah. done for the rest of the day. They will not bite. Yeah. Got to find some wood or, um, you know, I was talking to a buddy this last week. I used to anchor up at the top of these big, deep runs, nice and quiet. I tell you, like, don't be smashing your beer can on the bottom of the jet boat, you know, and then run out jet divers. Size 20s with dig nights behind them, mm-hmm. either wees or little dig nights, and I'd run them way out. And there's times we'd hook them 150 feet below the boat. We'd run them down, reel them back in, and start over. And just you got to be quiet. And, and if you anchor up in there, just sit there. Don't even move. You might be there for four hours. But the, every time you move in there right now, the water's so clear, you're just going to blow it up for everybody. So get up there, get posted up somewhere, and do the deal. But, again, the Skagit's the only thing going right now on the rivers, at least in the state, because the coastal rivers are all closed down until we get some water. So, really, it's the opener here for hunting, 
And then we got David Dietrich coming on here in a little bit. 725, he's going to jump on. He's been fly fishing in the South Sound, adventure angling. It is on fire down there. Sea run cutties and silvers it's, in the sound. And it's on fire. Such it's an all, underutilized fishery, it's too. It's always it pretty good yeah. down there. There's always something it's a going on program. down there in the South yeah. Sound. Yeah. You want to go down there, you're going to get away from people. There's not a lot of guys doing it. Mm-hmm. And that you and I did it. It was so much fun. It's peaceful and relaxing. It's a catch and release program, and that's fine. Uh, but it, it's a great fishery. He's going to come on 725, talk about what's going on down there. Uh, we got razor clams coming up here. We got a, an opener the 24th through to through the 30th on the coast. Talks and levels have been falling off on the coast. And uh, just jump on the WDFW website anytime. We've got these openers coming up, and make sure the talks and levels are are you know those coastal beaches pass the test in regards to talks and levels. But they have been doing better out there, and, and expect a, uh, some digs on the coast. Trout right now in the lakes. They're pumping trout into these west side lakes right now. Uh, of course, the trout whisperer himself, Dave Johnson over there, he's always on top of that deal over at Kitsap Marina. And some of these lakes are just finally starting to cool down a little bit. We've got some cool nights. Temperatures are dropping a little bit. That water's still warm in there. I saw people, you know, water skiing on Long Lake over there in Kitsap <laughs> County the other day. But finally, the temps are dropping down a little bit and get these trout snapping. But that's going right now. And they're pumping some nice, you know, one-pounders into these lakes here. So I just, yeah, I'm just looking at this 10-day forecast, and, and, and I just have so many wonderful memories of, of Okanagan morning on opening day but this is this is going to be where you may want to keep your powder dry mm-hmm. for lack of a better term mm-hmm. and wait because later in the season we also got this waning moon so we got a new moon on the 25th you get 10 days for for mule deer hunting in the okanagan if you're a modern rifle guy so i mean would this be a deal where you may want to wait and go next weekend if you're you know, pushing all your well, chips, they, you got a limited amount of time. This is kind of one of the first years in a long time that I'm I'm not going to hunt the opener here in Washington. Rob and I are going to uh, do something a little bit different. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait because I just feel like I have a better opportunity later. Um, you know, as we get further into October, those deer, even if the weather doesn't change, they'll start to, they're going to start to feel that rut. They're going to start to move a little bit more. And when you're, you know, when you're looking at having that, 20 minutes or 45 minutes in the morning where you you have the time to maybe find a buck that's getting up and and sneaking around. He's going to go check some does. I think we get later in October, those deer, they're going to get up in the middle of the day too, and they're going to go check on those does because they're going to start – Looking to try to, they're going to want to find making mistakes. Yep, they're going to start screwing up. So I, yes, Tom, I think if you can plan for the last three to five days of the season and be there till the end. Till the very end, the last. You day. know, at, at least from my experience, opening day you see the most guys. I mean, as far as you know, pressure in the woods, and then then that next day things kind of need to settle down. And and but I just I think with it being so dry that maybe a guy wants to wait a little bit. And, you know, and on the duck front, this doggone morning fog deal mm-hmm. has just got you. It's gonna be tough. It is. I know a lot of guys are gonna be sitting out here, you know, waiting for some yeah. weather, which is fine. Uh, get your duck boat all rigged up. Make sure your trailer lights are working. Get all that stuff going. Start up the engine. Have you started it up yet this year? Go back it into the lake or put the rabbit ears on it and start it up in the driveway. Make sure it's running. Mm-hmm. Where's the plug? Did you Have you found the plug? Is it still in the boat? You know, run through your checklist right now, your safety gear, your life jackets, all that stuff, and get all that stuff ready because when we get the weather, it's going to happen quick. Dude, driving in the studio so, this morning. Here's the guy on the side of the road with a with and one of his tires is flopped over. I mean, it's a bearing time, right? I it's a first thing I do. I mean, so last weekend, last week rather, I I took my thirty Duckworth back to the factory, going to repower it the new uh, the new uh, uh, the new Yamaha Helmaster product, right? It's going to be super interesting, but I'm not going to have an issue going over the pass. 
I took my rig into Les Schwab, had them take care of the bearings. I mean, yeah, we've had two vehicles into Les oh Schwab my, here dude, in the last month or so, doing brakes your, and all kinds of stuff. Your trailer, yeah. your trailer is going to demand service, and it's either it's going to plan the service appointment or you are. The I other, promise you, it's going to be much more convenient here's if the, you're the one that plans that. The other thing about this, folks, is I don't think we're going to see as many people in the woods here, at least on that the east be. side. A lot of yeah. the people that live on the west side are not driving over because fuel prices are so crazy right now. It's going to mm-hmm. be an expensive haul over there. And plus, all the time you're driving around on logging roads yeah. and trying to get to your spot. I just don't think we're going to see as many people in the woods uh, this season, which which might work to your benefit, too. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, last year there were so many guys. Yeah. I mean, every place I went, places where I had never seen anybody, I'm like, <laughs> what are all these cars doing here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah Hopefully, I mean, let's let's hope a few guys well, stay close, stay home. Stay, yeah, no hey, Joe, hey, guys, stay here and hunt. Black yeah, Black. yeah, or no, yeah. I think Joe and I may audible uh, and and pull off a late hunt deal yeah. uh, somewhere on the Olympic Peninsula in November and and uh, do some kind of backcountry program there. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. We're too. gonna get weather by that time. I, so. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, here, this is the summer that wouldn't start right, and now the summer that wouldn't end. It's gonna be interesting because so much is gonna happen all at once when the first autumn rains begin in earnest. The woods are going to quiet down. Leaves are going to come off the trees. Visibility is going to come up. All that that first flush into our rivers is just going to have a crush of fish moving up in here. And, and you know, so right now spawning conditions are kind of tough, but you can kind of see with, with a La Nina forecast this winter, too, we may have some really good spawning conditions for, for what has been a good influx of, of salmon into our area rivers. So we're going to hope for, uh, hope for some good spawning conditions for sure. Stay tuned for hour two. Mark Boardman, Vortex Optics, going to run down his uh, his professional tips and tricks. It's going to be a, a year to get the glass and sit on your uh, you-know-what and look. Rob Ensley's Northwest Outdoor Report presented by Les Schwab and, of course, the Duckworth Wheelhouse, Dave Dietrich. If he's not the most positive guy to talk to about a fishery, dude. He'll be on to bring the show down. Dude, I'm yeah. telling you. He's having what he's described he's as. the opposite of Debbie Downer. Boy, no kidding. Yeah. He is pumped up. It's some of the best angling he's seen in the South Town. All of that and more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.